Welcome to episode number 16 of One Before I Die. We got another episode coming for you on tap today after a nice weekend uh, in the football world, not so much in the hockey world. But obviously, as always, we'll get into both Bills, Sabres. We'll get talk, we'll get talking, we'll get cracking on both of the teams. Um, as we record this right now, the Sabres are actually playing and getting their asses handed to them by the Tampa Bay Lightning. The, the score is 5-2 to two right now. Honestly, should be 6-2, and a goal just got called off. I'm not sure why, but we'll get into the Sabres later on. Um, we'll start with the Bills. Obviously, the Bills played against the Denver Broncos yesterday, and before we even talk about that game at all, let's just let's just bring up the fact that the Bills are 8-3 and three right now. Are you kidding me? That has a nice ring to it, huh? Yeah, 8-3. and three. Can't complain. Can't complain with 8-3. and three. So there, there's Ethan, obviously, chiming in. Um, and, yeah, let's talk about that game. So the Bills' final score, 20 20- to three win over the Denver Broncos. It was in Buffalo. And like I said, it moved us to eight and three on the season so far. And I mean, this was kind of a game that the bills handled the entire way from start to finish. Uh, Our defense stepped up. Obviously, if you're only giving up three points, that means your defense played well. And you know, the offense still had their struggles, but um, I mean, you put up 20 points. So it's two weeks in a row. We're putting up 20 plus points and you know, 20 to three game. That's a, that's a route. So I, I like the way they handled it. It should have been that way. You know, the Denver Broncos aren't a great team this year. Obviously they're playing with a scrub quarterback, you know, Flacco's out. So it's a team that we should handle the way we did. And, and we were able to come out and win 20 to three. I don't think the Broncos made it to the red zone once in the entire game on offense. So that, you know, speaks volumes to the defense, not only just allowing only three points, but they don't even get down to the 20 yard line. So that's that's pretty impressive, uh, you know, on the defensive end. But, I mean, Ethan, what are your thoughts on this? You know, the pretty handled game, and as we kind of predicted last week, we both predicted them to win. We both, you know, knew the Broncos weren't that great of a team, um, and we've been talking about all year. That's that's what's helping this, the Bills this year is the strength of schedule. So we took care of business, and that's all that matters at this point. Yeah, first off, and be honest, didn't really get to watch much of the game. <laughs> I was on a flight, so uh, – Caught a little bit of the first quarter, caught a little bit of the fourth quarter. But um, looking back at some stats, catching some video, because I'm a big J journalist, um, you know, it's just just a nice game by the Bills, you know, taking care of business again, like you said, against another inferior opponent. Um, Allen looked like he had a couple nice touchdown passes. Looking at his stat line, it wasn't great, you know. What was he, like 15 for 25 or something like that, 185 yards? 
yep, couple touchdown passes. Threw his first interception in a few games, which is it was a you know, really bad interception too. It was right over the right over the center, and I don't know if he just didn't see the safety or what happened on it, but he completely overthrew the receiver, and it just was right in the safety's hand. So, and that that wasn't great. That was back in our own zone or our own field, uh, own part of the field. So you know, it's kind of back to the early season where he would be giving up that short field, which he hasn't done in a while, which has been good, but that was a bad interception. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah, so it's a little concerning. Again, I mean, hard to nitpick when you win 20-3. to Broncos, again, not a great team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, took care of business. Didn't even need to get done. Um, I'd like to see Allen. I, I was really hoping that he'd put a more complete game together, especially coming off that Miami game, seeing if he could turn the corner. Again, did what needed to get done. I, I really liked that touchdown pass to John Brown because it was, you know, a long touchdown. Yeah, so finally hit one of those. Um, Beasley lo- looked like he had a nice game. Um, he made a nice little cut on his touchdown. Um, that was probably Beasley's best game of the season. He, yeah. I think he got hurt there for a little bit too, and, you know, that was a little bit of a scare, but he obviously ended up coming back. He had six receptions, seven right. yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, he, he was starting to eat a little more, and if he can start doing that. Um, I mean, we've been saying that all year, so if you can incorporate him more with John Brown as well, hey, that, that's what needs to get done. I think the one part of the offense that really needs to get talked about is, is the run game. Um, Singletary had his first over 100-yard game of the season. Um, and then Frank Gore uh, came past uh, – oh, who did he pass? Barry Sanders for third all-time in the NFL rushing yards. So, um, you know, kudos to Frank Gore. Great game by Singletary. Um, they were breaking off chunk – yardage off the off the rip there so um you know when you when you can run the ball like that I think it really takes a lot of the pressure off Josh Allen um you know he's even when he has kind of a mediocre game like that you know maybe he doesn't look as bad as he does in other games when we can't run the ball so um you know kind of a complete game by the offense um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, like you already said, didn't let him in the red zone. Trey Wright with another interception. Um, he's having an unreal season. It's going to be tough because we're going to have to pay him this offseason too. So he's probably going to – you know, he's earning every dollar that he's going to be making next year. Yeah, you got to pay him. Um, and then, you know, again, my favorite player on the team, Matt Milano, looking like a stud, um, you know, just all over the field making plays. And uh, – you know, the D-line was getting after it a little bit yesterday, too. I saw Shaq Lawson had two sacks. saw Ed Oliver had another sack. So, you know, it's it's good to see the defense kind of get back into form here as we get, you know, the tough part of the schedule rolling here, going on a short week into Dallas and the Jerry World on Thanksgiving. This is where, you know, turn the lights on. It's showtime. So, this is where we uh, see if the Bills are playoff playoff team or not. You know, got a got eight and three um, coming in, and there's no excuses now. If when you're eight and three, I don't care who you have the rest of the way. If you don't make the playoffs when you start eight and three, you probably should get you know thrown into the CFL the next year if you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, we're obviously in a great position to move forward and take advantage of the you know our schedule that we had. Obviously you said we're we're moving into the the hard part of the schedule, but you're right. We're in a great position. 8 and 3 through um you know 11 games of the season and it's looking like it's you know it's in our hands here. Um 
but yeah, back to the game real quick. I did. I just want to mention on you know the defense. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that D line because I thought Shaq Lawson he played it. He played a pretty good game. He's actually played had a you know a pretty good season so far. I know he's t- kind of taken some criticism over the first few years of his career coming out of Clemson, and you know he he didn't show out as much. wasn't really a factor. But this year, I think he's played a lot better, and I think he was one of our better players on defense yesterday um, or on Sunday. You're listening to this on Tuesday, but. I think he was a solid player, obviously. And like you said, got after it with two sacks at Oliver, finally getting his name on the score sheet with a sack. So yeah, that was big. And I think it's huge that if the def- defense can get back into form, that's our, you know, our strength of the season. And we were able to weather, you know, the storm while they weren't playing as good as they were at the beginning of the season by getting these easy wins against the Dolphins, Broncos, teams like that. But if they can start stepping back up and if our offense can, you know, do what they need to do, like we just said, um, That'll be huge, but moving forward, yeah, eight and three. I, I agree. There's no excuse. I, I said that they were going to finish um, eleven and five, but at this point, that means they'll have to at least win one of those games against the you know, assuming they win against the Steelers and the Jets, which those aren't assumptions whatsoever. But that means they'll have to also get one win against the you know the Pats, the Ravens, or the Cowboys, which are obviously the three you know toughest teams in probably the league. Obviously, the Ravens are probably one of the better teams and one of the biggest contenders in the AFC to the Patriots. I mean, they're winning right now. Again, they're, they look solid every week. Then you obviously have the Patriots who we know who they are. And then like you, you mentioned going in Dallas on Thanksgiving. I mean, Dallas loves playing on Thanksgiving and they're a pretty solid team, but I will say, you know, going into this game on Thursday, um, Dallas has, you know, the bills obviously have caught a ton of criticism for, beating bad teams and losing the good teams. And that's all that's talked about with the Bills, it seems like, no matter what. But, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, I was reading some stats on them the other day. I mean, they're like, oh, they're own three or own four against teams better than 500. And I think all their wins are against teams that are less than 500 as well. But, you know, they're always talking about how much talent they have, how good of a team they are, how, you know, they're in the contention for deep playoff runs. Well, we'll see if they're, you know, if they're the real deal or we'll see, I guess, which is – the teams on Thursdays are less fraudulent if you want to put it that way, because, Hey, I mean, if you're going to talk about the bills, uh, eight and three, not earning that right with that record, then you got to talk about, you know, the Cowboys as well, how all their wins are against crappy teams. And whenever they play, you know, a solid team, they kind of get exposed. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, fraud versus fraud here. See who's more fraud. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and like you're saying, we're, (laughs) Oh, Spit take by you there. Sam just went for a big gulp of water and just did not go down the hatch here. He went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, back to the – I just think that the, the tough part is is you're, it's not just any other game. You're playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So that's kind of a disadvantage where I'd say, like you were saying, it's one of the three, you know, marquee hard games for the rest of the year. Um, you know, if this was a Sunday in the in the Ralph – I'd say you're right that it's kind of more of an even matchup, but I think the Cowboys do have an advantage going into this game, obviously, because they're going to have, you know, I mean, Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. It's just like, I don't care what the record are, what the record is, you know, they're, they usually win on Thanksgiving, regardless of who they play and what, how their seasons went, you know, they, they just usually win on Thanksgiving. That's just how it goes. The Cowboys win on Thanksgiving, the Lions win on Thanksgiving, um, so, you know, it's going to be a good game, though. I saw the early line is that the Bills are seven-point underdogs. Um, to me, I think that's kind of, you know, kind of disrespectful to the Bills, honestly. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd probably take those points with the Bills. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, 
early early reaction is I think the Cowboys probably win this game by maybe a field goal or something. Um, based on how their game with the Pats went, you know, I think that I think they're they're not that impressive, honestly. Jason Garrett isn't really an impressive coach to me. Makes a lot of bonehead decisions. A lot of questionable play calling, a lot of questionable decision-making in the game. Um, Dak Prescott is a little inconsistent as well. Um, you know, they got a lot of personalities on that team. Ezekiel Elliott, Mari Cooper can get a little hot-headed. You know, they want they get frustrated when they're not getting the ball enough. And then the Cowboys' defense is good, not great, I'd say. Um, I think they're definitely able to, you know, give up some big plays. Um, and they're not the type of defense that – I think we'll shut you down for the full four, full four quarters. Um, so I think our de- our defense is obviously going to have to play great. Um, Josh Allen's going to have to play, I say, better than he did against Denver um, and can't turn the ball over, obviously. I mean, I'm saying stuff that is pretty obvious here, but, you know, that's, that's just the recipe for success with this team. You know, Josh Allen's got to play smart. He's got to make plays, and the defense has to play unreal for us to win. Um, and again, I think if we're going into predictions for this week, I think it's going to be another close one. Um, sadly, I think the Bills don't have enough on offense. Um, and again, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving is kind of a lock. Um, but again, betting man, take the points with the Bills, but I got the Cowboys winning 17 to 13. I kind of, I like that analysis throughout all that. I, th- I think I would agree with most of what you said. Uh, the one thing, though, I mean, I do think Dallas's defense is pretty legit. I think it's a top five D in the NFL. Their linebacking core is, you know, top notch. You got Sean Lee, who's obviously kind of gets hurt a little bit, but he, he's been healthy. That Vendor Ash guy and then that uh, Smith guy as well. They kind of fly around and, you know, they can, th- those guys are guys that can cover, you know, wideouts if they have to, or, you know, maybe you'll see one of them on Beasley at some point or something. I don't know. We're going to have to obviously adjust to it, but I think Dallas's defense is pretty solid. I think they're similar to the Bills, where I mean, their offense has talent, um, not not as much as the Bills. I think the obviously the Cowboys have more talent with Zeke, and you know, Dak's been proven, you know, at least at one year in the NFL. Um, but they don't seem to get it done as much on offense. But um, that's why I think they're similar to the Bills, and where they're, I think their defenses are solid, and it's going to be another grinded out game. Um, I think I think it's going to be really tough. It's it's going to be a huge, you know at the beginning of the season when I was talking about the, the first game against the Jets and how it's Allen's first game as the, you know, the official starter, there was no questions, you know, maybe the spotlight may be a little bit kind of big and we'll see how he does. I mean, if we're talking spotlights now, this is like our first game on national TV. I think the entire year, it's probably gonna yeah. be Josh, Josh Allen's first one in his entire career. So, I mean, on Thanksgiving, you know, everybody's watching. Yeah. Um, this is like, I'd say it's like a primetime game times 12. Cause you know, you play on Monday night, and if it's it's Bills Jets Monday night, I don't know. Not many people, I'd say, besides Bills Jets fans and just like hardcore football fans, are going to turn tune into that game. Right. But you play on Thanksgiving. You got people that don't watch football all year. Watching. Yeah, you got your family congregating. Nothing, you have you know, nothing else going on besides eating, drinking, and watching football all day. Right. You got your family coming over. Whatever. Everyone gets together, and I mean, yeah. one person's going to put on the football game, and everybody's going to yeah. be watching that one. You got football on Thanksgiving, basketball on Christmas. That's the two holidays where you know that's the sports that you watch. And uh, so, yo, everybody's going to be watching Josh Allen playing his first kind of primetime game. He, he knows that, too. I mean, that's obvious. The whole Bills team knows it. They're going to ca- kind of have to rally behind that and, and put together a game plan and go in confident and, you know, try to get the job done. But, yeah, it's going to be a big spotlight. And, um, I mean, I'm glad that, obviously, we've tried to, we've, I guess, kind of settled into the season. And it's nice that, you know, we've 
kind of been picking it a little bit up more over the past few weeks on offense. So maybe we can try to roll that in and, you know, gain some confidence early on, but it's going to be a tall task. Um, like you said, Cowboys win on Thanksgiving. That's just how it works. So if we're going predictions, uh, what'd you say? You said Cowboys, what what was the score? I had Cowboys 17, Bills 13. <clears throat> okay. Um, and and I think I would agree with that, you know, if you're going to be betting on that game, seven points is a lot, especially for an NFL game, especially for this matchup, I think. I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game as well. Um, and, you know, my, I mean, my gut probably tells me Bills lose, but I don't know, just to keep it a little bit different here, just because you predicted the Cowboys to win, you know, I can see the Bills winning. So, you know, screw it. I say, I say Bills win this one. We march it on Thanksgiving, and this would be a huge confidence booster for us. I mean, I think that, like I said earlier, like Dallas, this is kind of the team that which is less fraudulent, right? And Dallas hasn't played well against, you know, better teams. I mean, Dallas's game against the Patriots was similar to our game against the Patriots. So it's just going to be a super even matchup. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I say Bills take it. You know, I'll go 17 – I'll go 17-10. No, 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 it's going to be a little bit more than that. I'll go 24-17. Okay. I'm a big switch up the score guy after I say it out loud every week. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's what I think it's to be. I don't know. It can go Again, either way. Your score but. predictions just make no sense. Like, after your analysis, you really talk about how you think Dallas is a top five defense, and then you have the Bills putting up 24 points. But you know, but the Bills have been kind of clicking, and you know that my, how, when I predicted this for the Dolphins game, they put up more than 30. It just works that way. All right. Well, I mean, hey, I'd like love to see it, but I mean, I just don't know how your brain works sometimes. Cause you can you, get it because the, well, the way it works also is with the defenses, you can create turnovers, get yourself in better position. I think our special teams with Andre Roberts has been kind of solid, get us good field position. Um, special was teams two, have been atrocious this year. Hauschka was two for two last game, so he's got to get back. And I think we kick through some field goals, we score some points, and we went 24-17. That's just the you know, you're playing in a dome too, so you know the weather's not going to be a problem. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anything else on Bills yesterday or uh, Sunday or anything, or you want to move on to the Sabers? No, I think we pretty much covered everything for Bills wise. Okay, so yeah, look out for that Thanksgiving game. Um, eat some turkey, get some beer going, and hopefully the Bills can pull pull one out against you know on the national level. <clears throat> um, but moving on to the Sabers. You know, eight and three sounds great in the Bills, but the Sabers record has been slipping away. We started out good, obviously, and last week we we talked about their struggles, how they continued, and I don't. It's so frustrating because I mean, we we're continuing to struggle. I'll I'll just start with that, and it's kind of I feel like we might be repeating ourselves again from last week, just because because nothing's changed. Because nothing's changed, and. You know, yesterday um, or Sunday, we you know they played. We played Florida, and we ended up scoring five goals. And I wasn't really able to watch much of that game, to be honest. I only I only saw a period. But what I did see was on our first goal when Skinner scored, it was a nice Eichel to Skinner pass. And I don't know if it was in. You know, this is why I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. I didn't see more of the game to see how it went or the line combinations or anything. Because I watched it. That was it. Was was um, it like a middle of a change or something? Yeah. Like, like Eichel just came off the ice on a change. Skinner was, uh, like, at the end of his shift. Okay, because I thought first, you know, when I was watching the first period, I thought they were playing together a little bit more. But Again, I, I we, guess were playing with, we were playing with 11 forwards, and it ended up going to 10 because Rodriguez got hurt. So, I mean, they were kind of jumbling. You know, it was just, you know, when you play like that, you, you miss mismatch the lines a lot. So, I mean, yeah. I think there were some shifts where they ended up on the same on the ice together. But, I mean – my bigger problem is, sorry not to distract you from this, you know, you're talking about the Florida game, is just 
how long are we going to start keep playing with 11 forwards? I mean, we played with 11 forwards again tonight, played with 11 forwards in Florida. Pretty sure we played 11 forwards in Boston. Um, we're an NHL team and we can't even put 12 forwards on the ice. I know. Like, it's I, ridiculous. But a solution is not playing Brandon Montour at forward every fourth shift. Like we, we, we played, we, we signed Brandon Montour, traded for Brandon Montour to play defense for this team. You know, we, we get Bogosian back and then we start, we start rolling seven defensemen. And, and the thing is too, when we have Bogosian back, we're still scratching a guy that should be in the, like an everyday NHL guy. Like McCabe was scratched tonight, right? Right, he was, which I honestly wasn't – he hasn't been good. But we have, we no, have but too many defensemen. It's have, a problem. It's just ridiculous. We have, eight, we have eight NHL defensemen, and we're playing seven of them a night. And, yeah. you're, and then you, you wonder why we can't score goals. It's because our whole roster is made up of defensemen. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's just – it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take someone who watches hockey every night. You know, I, Joe Schmo, who looks at this roster, can be like, well, you're not scoring because you're playing – seven defensemen when and a team should have six right and, and you're and it's not just because you know lines one through you one would say well what your, your first three lines still aren't scoring it just it throws off the whole mojo like i was getting at again you know you mix lines up when you don't play with full 12 forwards you don't you don't have the same line combinations the whole game you got to rotate guys in or else you're gonna get super tired well so and, and just and just dressing and just straight up dressing seven defensemen and having 11 forwards is just already going into the game with a mindset kind of a message towards your players that it's like we're more of a defensive scheme here that our you know our goal is to try to or our target our game plan i don't know if this is what Kruger's saying in the locker room but like it's almost like hey let's try to get a goal or two and then just lock it down for the rest of the game right. and it's obviously not working i mean we we can't even score like one goal and then i mean and then our, you know on the back end it's not like we have like superb goaltending with like a marty broder like new york new jersey devils trap system either so i mean and, and like you said it's we have those seven or eight you know nhl defensemen but at the same time, they're all, you know, I broke Technically, the... Technically, broke pilot, too. Like, right, and I broke the def- def- defense down last week, though. It's not like they're, you know, yeah, they might all you know be worthy of suiting up at the NHL, but none of them are, like, that great, so it's very average. And then you have, you know, all those guys just rolling in, and then if you don't... And then you have just the forward, just, you know, mosh-posh of them with the line combinations not changing at all. And, <clears throat> I mean, if, if it's just the same results are going to keep happening. And, I mean... I don't know. So Botterill set, like we, we talked about last week, like is a trade coming, a trade needs to come, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I guess GM meetings were last week and, you know, quotes came out from Botterill saying that he's looking, you know, to make a trade for a forward, like which we would all like to hear, I guess. But he said maybe, you know, two trades even. And obviously nothing's happened since then. I mean, you know, he's kind of said these things before in the past where he says he's looking to make a trade and he doesn't really do that. So who knows if he's really coming through on his word or not. But I mean, he, he did say publicly to the media that they're looking for forwards, you know, maybe, I mean, as much as two trades it said. So, I mean, I mean is that coming? Is the problem is now is he's shown his he's dealt, he's shown his hand right so he's publicly yeah said but it's that, not rocket science like either that the the Sabers need a forward obviously I know like but the problem the problem is now is that we're losing at such an incredible rate that teams are gonna take advantage of that because they know that we're in dire need for help that they might be starting to offer things to Botterill you know that are, are kind of unfair or kind of lopsided. And Botterill's definitely feeling the heat now from the media, from the fans, from the situation the team's in. That I'm nervous now that we're going to make a deal that's just going to be horrible, right? And I'm not saying it's like we – it probably can't get much worse at this point. But, like, 
I would hate to see us deal Ristolainen for like a, a bottom six forward. But that, but that's not, how, that's not how professional sport. Like I, I know what you're saying, but I don't think that's how professional sports work in a sense. Like I don't think Botterill or whoever's on the Sabers team looking for trades are are gonna you know get fleeced that bad just because they're feeling the heat. Or I don't think that other GMs, you know, other teams in the league need need pieces too. It's not like the Sabers are the only team in dire need. There's other teams out there that supposedly have talent, but they're not winning. I don't, dude, I don't think so because I think that. I think what's happening is teams are making these offers and Bottle doesn't think they're good enough. And that's why we haven't made a trade yet. Right? It's, there's how no, do you know that? I don't know. How do you know what's going on? Why would it not? Why wouldn't it have happened yet? But okay, so maybe he is, but at least you were saying you're afraid that we're going to get fleeced. Well, he's saying no. Because I'm just saying that the, the more that these games go on and the more that we keep losing, right? He's got to be thinking, my job's on the line at this point. I got to make a change. I got to do something or else I'm going to get fired. I guess, you know, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I, what I'm saying is I think that's probably happening around the league too. With You know, look at Calgary. They have a, a lot of talent on that team, and they, they can't figure out how to win. Look at Toronto. They have a lot of talent. They just have to fire Babcock. I mean, there's other teams that need pieces other than the Sabres, and I mean, I don't the know. The thing I, with those teams is, like, they actually have talent. Like, a, a trait, like, firing Babcock might be the thing that the Leafs start rattle off 10 straight. I don't see us firing Botterill and us, you know, rattling off 10 straight. Our team doesn't have talent. Right, we so we need to make a trade. Yeah, and I don't – the teams that you listed there, I don't see them as teams that need to make a trade. I was just making – I was just putting out teams that have been talking in the media about, you know, potentially trying to get better and, and picking up the slack that they have at certain positions. I, I just think that – in, in, you know, in professional sports, it's, this isn't like fantasy where you're trying to like fleece your buddy. Like, obviously you want to get good value, but I don't think Botterill's, you know, if he gets these bad offers, he's going to say no until he gets something that he thinks. Well, I just, I mean, we went over realistic scenarios last week, but other than those, right? Like I said, all those, yeah, but, but we're, we're also not NHL scouts. There's so much other, you know, people like we watch the Sabres. We don't watch every other team. We don't see these other guys that maybe, you know, Botterill and his team are seeing. I mean, there's so, there's just uh, so many possibilities that we have no idea because we're just normal fans that watch the game. I mean, and it's, until something happens, we can't really assess or predict because we just don't have the, you know, the resources and, and facts that these guys do that that's their jobs to do. I know. I'm just saying my take on it is I really want a trade to happen because you don't really have a choice at this point just because we get, we, it's, it's absolutely asinine that we we're starting seven defensemen and we have another one scratched and we have another one that's ready to play in the NHL in the Amherst. And but that, and that, and that to me falls on the coach. That's what he goes on the coach. Okay, regardless, though, I'm saying based on our talent that we have and our players that we're looking to trade, I still don't see a trade turning this team around this season. You and know, that's, I, And that's why last, last week when we talked, we said maybe if there's a trade that you can do to, you know, set yourself up to make another move in the offseason. Yeah, who knows? You know, this team might just not be good enough just straight up no matter what we do this year. But there has to be something done in order to set yourself up in the offseason, get someone off the books. Like, that you have to, like, free, maybe free some cap space up in some way. I don't know. Then you have, you know, room in the offseason to sign someone big. I mean, they're just there's, – these are these people's jobs to figure that out. And obviously, on the Sabres organization, it's not working. So there's guys that in, in that organization that they're the ones figuring out what they can do for, that's better for the team in the future. So something needs to be done. As far as far – as, the dressing seven defensemen, 11 forwards, not changing of line combinations when nothing's working. I don't know if that's Botterill telling Kruger that these guys need to play or, or what it is, but to me, that's on Kruger and the coach and the coaching staff to, to not change something up when we're not scoring. And yeah, and then also we go out there and score five goals against Florida, who, who's 
historically this season given up a lot of goals. And then, you know, we go, we go right back into Skinner or, uh, you know, Eichel, Reinhardt, Olofsson, and just the same line combinations. And even like you said, just the mixing it up with only 11 forwards playing. It's like, I mean, at some point, like if we don't make a trade, like, yeah, that's the ideal situation. We need to make a trade. We need to do something to change the team up, change the roster up in general. But at some point you have to just make changes within the, what you actually have at some point to try to just, you know, you know I know. And it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't help that we have injuries building up right now. Yeah, um, and, and the goalie situation, I mean, I kind of liked, I think me and you both agreed that we liked how Allmark got three starts in a row, so maybe they'll start rolling him a little bit more. I mean, Hutton played tonight. He, he, he didn't have a lot of help, but, you know, Hutton, you got to make a save. Like, you have to, you know, make a big save here or there to keep your team in the game. Hutton seems to, like he can never do yeah, that. So he's, Yeah, he's done. So, so who knows? Maybe Allmark, can, if he starts playing more, he gets in a groove. Um, if not, I mean, the goalie situation is a whole other animal. So... I don't know. It seems like there's just a lot of problems with this team, with whether it's upper management, coaching, just the straight up on ice talent. So I don't know. this off season is going to be interesting. I know it's crazy that I'm saying this, and it's November, but um, like even from you know a free agency standpoint, you got a lot of guys that are going to be UFAs. You got Bogosian, Scandella, Sabaka, um, VC. Did I miss anybody? Sherry, maybe. Uh, I think he's still signed. I'm maybe Shiri. I'm not sure. Um, and then, and then you also have a, bu- a bunch of restricted. I don't, I don't know about a bunch, but you have a, some restricted free agents. You got to sign. You got Middlestad, Reinhardt. Um, All right. So you have Reinhardt. Uh, RFAs are Reinhardt and Evan Rodriguez and Middlestad. Um, and Middlestad, and also Olafson's an RFA after this year. And Curtis Lazar. UFAs, you have Shiri, VC, Gergensen's Larson. And for, for forwards. And then you have Bogosian, Scandala as a UFA. And then Montour's also an RFA. So okay. there's a lot. And then Allmark's an RFA as well. So is Thompson. Yeah. So, so you got to make a lot of decisions there, right? I think going into the season, you were probably banking on re-signing Middlestat and, and Reinhardt and Montour. Um, at, at the minimum, I'd say, right? Pro- Olafson, oh. we're probably going to see if he, if he, how he did. Well, not Reinhardt. Reinhardt's trying to get paid after this year, probably. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're planning on re-signing these guys. Yeah, but you said at the minimum, whatever that means. No, like at, at the minimum, like those are at least you're going to – Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I think it gets interesting now. There's been – I mean, Reinhardt's had a decent year, I'd say. But, I mean, he's he hasn't done anything to make me think that he really needs to get as much as he's probably going to be looking for. Like, how much um, do you think he would be worth, like, for an average annual value? I mean, what's he making now? 3.65. Yeah, maybe four and a half. I wouldn't pay him probably more than six. See, I, I mean, another team will. I think he's shown that if he plays with a pretty good center, he can put up points. So, I, all right, I mean, regardless, this is off on a tangent. Go on with what you were saying. I'm just saying there's a lot of decisions that need to be made here. Um, and I think, I don't know if, Botter, if they're going to trust Botterill to make these kind of decisions again if he doesn't, you know, right the ship in some sort of fashion here. I'm not saying it's playoff or bust for him, but I'm saying it's we can't finish bottom five in this league again and he's still our GM this summer. Right. No, I would agree. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a lot of decision making to go on. And, and who knows? And like, you, like you said, like 
probably going into the season, you would think, you know, we were probably hoping, all right, these are our guys. Let's see, you know, they've matured a little bit. They're not, you know, supposed to be looked at as these young kids anymore who still need to kind of develop. I mean, there's obviously a couple of Darlene still has time and we still do have a young team, but they've been, you know, most of these guys have like had, a, you know, a couple of years under their belt. So you probably go into the season thinking, all right, we have a bunch of RFA and UFA, you know, after this season, let's see what they can do. And it's kind of, you know, gone downhill quickly. I mean, at what point is it like, all right, middle stat, like, yeah, he's still only 21 years old, but do we even, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, do we even, like, make a run at him or, like, do we just let him, do we try to trade him or? Like, I mean, like, I hate to I say know. it, but he's kind of turning into Alex Nylander 2.0. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's just these decisions. Like, like Sherry, he's been a, you know, a solid little player for us, but he's 27 years old right now. He's making three mil. I mean, if you can get him at that, around that price again, like, sure, I guess, but who, who knows what other teams are going to be looking for and, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a lot. A decision where it's like, do I resign three of these players or give Taylor Hall like a $10 million a year contract? And I'd probably take that. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to resign them, but I mean, it's moves like that, like decisions like that have to be made. And I mean, we're just wasting Eichel's time. We are right now. I mean, this is what it, this is what the reality is, is that we're, we're wasting a star's player's time. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to you know correct with this team, and I mean that's in the GM's hands. We'll see what happens within the next couple couple of weeks. I mean, he said that he's looking to make a trade. We'll see if he puts some money where his mouth is. But as soon as nothing else happens, there's not much really we can you know talk about unless you know Kruger starts change up the lines or tries to do something else. So um, I mean, yeah, like I said, you know they lost to Tampa tonight or, or last night. Now that you're listening, um, and maybe you know. Uh, you know, myself included, and there might have been another, a lot of Sabres fans too, maybe after Sunday's win against Florida, we put up five goals, like, hey, maybe we can go on another streak here, you know, get something going, but then we just, you know, give up three goals within like a minute, it seemed like, in this Tampa game, and it just doesn't seem like anything stringing back together, and it just exposes all the other weaknesses that we already knew we had. So, um, I mean, moving forward, if we want to look at their schedule, um, it doesn't get easier. We have a tough. It doesn't get match. easier. So, and, and 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 the things with the NHL now. I mean, even the bad teams in the league aren't really bad anymore. There's so much parity in the league. That, I mean, obviously the Atlantic alone is just a hard division to play in. Um, but then we have Calgary coming up uh, Wednesday night, and then we have a little home and home with Toronto. And like Ethan said, like I just you know when I, I mentioned Babcock getting fired, and then. I mean, that it seemed like a lot of those players didn't like playing for Babcock. They get a new coach in there. Their HL coach got, you know, promoted to their NHL job. They win big in their first game back. And, you know, this team, this team kind of seems like they're rearing up to play for this new guy. And, we, you know, we, we, we have to face them back-to-back games. So um, it's not getting easier, and it's not going to get easier the entire year. So who knows if we do anything, because if we don't, we're just going to keep getting the same results. Yeah, I mean, what we what we went this past week – I mean, if you count this Tampa game, we lost to Tampa, beat Florida, lost to Boston, lost to Minnesota. So we went one and three. We got three games coming up here. Lost to Chicago, too. Obviously, we talked about that last week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Calgary, I could maybe see us getting a win there. I mean, and then I see this Toronto back-to-back going south quick. I think this is going to be like the Sweden series against Tampa. You know, we never beat Tampa. It doesn't seem like, you know, we really have that much luck against Toronto. I know we've squeaked out a couple games sometimes last year, but I mean, the way that these two teams are headed right now, when you look at the Sabres, you look at the Maple Leafs, complete opposite directions. Um, One team is just super talented, you know, coming off a spark of getting rid of the head coach that was 
you know, kind of a control freak. And then you got a guy in here who's just, you know, kind of more of a player's coach. It sounds like he's just telling guys to kind of free wheel out there, play their game. Don't worry about making mistakes. So it's, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a Toronto guy, you know, I don't follow the team, but from what I'm hearing around, you know, Twitter verse and, you know, just NHL people talking is just kind of weights have been lifted off the player's shoulders there that they've kind of feel more confidence. Um, you know, they're skating with speed, they're making plays. And I think it shows in the last couple of games that they played. So, and then you look at the Sabres and we're rolling out 11 forwards and can't put the puck in the net. We got, you know, guys that are going down left and right. We have nobody that's scoring besides Jack Eichel. Um, our defensemen, even though we're playing seven of them, neither, none of them are that good. Like you've been saying, our goalie situation is a mess. Um, and we have shown no signs of improving the roster and no signs of making any turnaround um, or, or getting back to winning hot, consistent winning hockey. So, I mean, I mean, it starts on Wednesday. The Flames coming in here is, is honestly, at this point, it's a must-win game. Um, West Coast team, coming into your building to start the holiday, you know, break off here. Get back at home after you got to Florida. You got the split in Florida, whatever. Get a win against the Flames, and then it's go time against Toronto. We hate Toronto. I know me and you are going to both be at this game on Friday against Toronto. Um, and there's going to be, as we both know, a billion Leafs fans in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to it, but I'm just, I'm really nervous. Honestly, I think this is, you know, November is just a month where the Sabres go to die. Um, we saw it last year, you know, seeing it this year and it's been a historically bad month for this team. And again, I mean, just, just get some wins for, you know, mine and your sake here. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then la- last night, I want to mention, obviously, that um, Rasmus Nalin did get injured in this game last night against Tampa Bay. So I'm not sure the status of him at all. Um, we talked about him, how he's got to kind of pick it up defensively. But at the same time, he's still a very skilled player. So, you know, you like to have him in the lineup for his development. And, you know, so I just want to mention that. Obviously, you didn't want to let that squeak through the cracks. So we'll look out for him. I mean, that's just another injury, regardless of, you know, Obviously, we've been talking about the talent on this team hasn't been that great, but at the same time, you know, our guys that we've started the team with do have a bunch of injuries going for us. So it's not a great look again. Um, but no, I think you, you nailed a lot of great points, especially you've got the, that, uh, you know, Leafs team, back-to-back games against them. Um, it could really just, you know, completely unravel the season. And it's already pretty unraveled as, as, we, as we are right now. So, um, but anyway, as least the, at least the Bills won. At least the Bills are still 8-3. Um, they're kind of keeping us up, you know, in Buffalo right now. You know, if the Bills kind of slid through the cracks, then it would be a real tough, you know, winner upcoming here. So at least they're still in the run and at least they're still in that, you know, chance for that wild card for the playoffs. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can squeak some, some of these harder, you know, games out and try to, you know, rally behind us and see what we have left in our system at the end of this year. But hopefully we can squeak in the playoffs that, that way and then maybe, you know, the Sabres do something else. But <laughs> as far as right now, um, we got the Bills to look forward to. That's the way I see it. And who do uh, who, quickly? Who do you want the Bills to play in the playoffs? If you had to choose right now, I think the options are uh, Baltimore, Houston, Indy, or KC. It's looking like. So, so what were the four? Baltimore, Indy, Kansas City, and Houston. Those are I see like the four options. Um. I mean, Most I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to play Baltimore, and I don't want to play. 
Kansas City, even though that might be a better matchup know, for us. They're, but they're you all know, be away. they're all going to be away too. Right, and you know that might be Casey. People can argue that. Oh well, they have you know a good offense. All right, we have a good defense. Their defense stinks. Maybe our offense is something going. But I'm not going to pick a team that has Mahomes on it. Um, I would say probably India. I'd want to play out of those four teams, and either yeah. India or Houston. But I, I would say India for sure. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, but it depends on who wins that. Di- you know, that division is up for grabs between India and Houston right now, right? Yeah, Houston's winning it right now. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, definitely not Baltimore. I mean, they're just rolling over the Rams right now as we speak. By the way, so they're I think they're the number one contenders against the Patriots this year. And the, you know, the Patriots' offense doesn't look great. I mean, you could even say I mean, that the, the, the Ravens, the Patriots, right? But you could for the playoffs, you could say even that the Ravens are you know the favorite going in, even with the Patriots out of the AOC. But I don't know. Let's talks for a little bit more down the road. We'll get into that after you know Thanksgiving and see where we're at at the playoff race towards the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, like I said, enjoy your Thanksgivings. Uh, get some grub, get some drinks, and hopefully the Bills can make it a game, a good game that we can watch over until the end, and, and hopefully we can come out on top against a, a Cowboys team that likes playing at Thanksgiving. Yeah. But other than that, uh, you know, go Bills, go Sabres. Have a great week, and uh, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Back home smoking legal. legal. I got more slaps than the Beatles. Foreign shit running on diesel, dog. Playing with my name, that shit is lethal, dog. Who you say what? Don Corleone. Trust me, at the top it isn't lonely. Everybody acting like they know me, dog. Don't just say it now, you gotta show me what you gotta do. Bring the clip back empty. Yeah, asked to see the ball, so they sent me, dog. I just broke off with a ten piece, dog. There ain't nothing, I'm just being friendly, dog. Just a little 10 piece for it, just to blow it in the mall. Doesn't mean that we involved. I just what? I just uh, put a Richard on the card. I ain't go playing ball, but I'll show you how the fuck you gotta do it. If you really wanna fall, till you're five when you're back against the wall. And a bunch of niggas need you to go away. Still going bad on them.